0: He's one half of the legendary radio duo The Shadow Playboys, erstwhile editor of the bizarrely named fledgling fanzine Hunglow Psycho, and known to some as Bal, Bobo Baggins, James, Lambobo, and to most, just Lambert. Uh, Mr. James Lambert. Pleasure to welcome you to my, as my guest on Desert Isolation Discs.
1: The pleasure is all mine, Alex.
0: This is quite a momentous moment. The Shadow Playboys are back in the same studio. For
1: one time only, the reunion tour.
0: This is what we'd always planned. I think uh, when our Sheffield student radio show, The Shadow Playboys, aired uh, around the golden age of Ooh. student radio, 2004 through mm-hmm. to 2007, uh, people were upset that that had to end. How do you, uh, how do you feel about your return to the uh, to the scene?
1: I'm loving it to be honest. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, no, I. It was something I absolutely loved doing at the time. um I've got really fond memories, and I think um kind of some of the stuff that we did on that show has, has really stayed with me and kind of influenced some of my choices today as well. I think so. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know, it was a really exciting thing to do. Um, not very many listeners, <laughs> but it kind of didn't matter. It was something I always really enjoyed and like, really look forward to, to doing every week.
0: It's, uh, it's not the listenership. Was, that's not what it's about. It was the pure passion. Um, but anyway, how did you approach putting your eight tunes together for if you were
1: stranded on a desert in a desert. <laughs> well, it was really killer, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's like the age of the iPod, where you've just got so many tracks like, available at a click of a button. But I just found it really difficult. Um, sometimes you, you either want music, the, or certainly the way I listen to music, I either want it to be something that really appeals to me and feels really familiar that I can really kind of feel myself Mm. or i want to be transported to a kind of completely different world and something that's completely different to Mm. me Uh, and kind of like that those two ends of the spectrum really so you know i was kind of thinking about in that situation maybe something that's that's really fitting of those surroundings and then also at the same time thinking of something that's completely like off the scale so i remember a long thing that i've i've something I've really mulled over was some, having something that just sounded so industrial and re- really modern mm. and kind of just to transport you away from this kind of isolated world and kind of make you think of um, a different culture mm. and, and of the city and so like w- one of the bands that I really struggled with and I, I was really keen to get in there that, that hasn't actually made the cut was um, a Japanese band Melt Banana of course Um, You know, it's just so completely different to any sound (laughs) that you could get isolated in a, in a desert on your, on your own
0: yeah i think there might be something that would severely affect your psyche if alone in a desert and listening to <laughs> Mount banana which for anyone who hasn't heard it yeah is a pretty full-on experience yeah, yeah
1: um but what is your first choice today um so I've, I've chosen um david bowie um in a track five years um i, I guess my my musical tastes i've kind of got from friends and got through falling into things and and, fi- and discovering things. But this is actually one of the few things that um, my dad really got me into, into mm. David Bowie. And I could, I could kind of choose chosen hundreds of David Bowie tracks, to be mm-hmm. honest. Uh, I just kind of love everything about him. He's kind of, uh, his, the flamboyance and you know haven't been to the uh, the exhibition last year and seen all the costumes and uh, any kind of reminder of that I, I could have chosen anything really from, from Bowie but I, I kind of just love the way that this song builds Pushing through the market square So many mothers sighing News have just come over we had five years left crying. The news guy wept and told us Earth was really dying. He cried so much, his face was wet. Then I knew he was not lying. I heard telephone.
0: Was David Bowie with five years? You'll never hear any complaints from me for David Bowie to be picked on desert isolation discs, and so that was um, a, a tune that sort of was passed down to you from your dad. Um, can you tell, what can you tell me what it was like uh, growing up? Uh, obviously, you grew up in Nottingham.
1: Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Nottingham. Um, I guess music was always a really big important thing to me. Mm. Um, That, like I said, not necessarily from my family. I think I've always been more interested Mm. in music than, than any of my family were. I mean, you you named the family cocker spaniel Jarvis,
0: didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you brought music into the house.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess that was one of the, uh, the the first kind of Sheffield influences onto the onto the the Lambert household. And uh, Sheffield influences uh, as it has
0: influenced your second choice as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I talked a little bit about kind of um, my family and how they influenced my my music taste. Um, But uh, so whilst me and my dad share a few common bands, um, Mm. not not very many. um, It's fair to say that I don't share very many with my mum at Mm. all. Um, And (laughs) I think probably the only artist that I can think of where both uh, where myself, my mum, and my dad all agree is um, is Richard Hawley. Um, so yeah, another Sheffield influence. I'm actually wearing a Henderson's relish T-shirt as, <laughs> as we talk. Um, yeah. but yeah, Sheffield's was certainly um, a massive kind of influence on me in those uh, kind of three short short years. And I and I guess nobody kind of uh, represents Sheffield more than than Richard Hawley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I've seen him live several times with. Along with my family, mm. and uh, I don't know. He just seems like he really epitomizes the uh, the city. Um, you know, he's he's kind of romantic and and cool, but um, I, I guess he he never takes himself too seriously. Mm. Uh, and it and he's very friendly and warm. And that's just kind of for me. That's what Sheffield is. It, it's a very warm city. And yeah. and I've heard the phrase used like it's the, the world's biggest village. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that does does seem very appropriate. You gave your life to someone Like an arrow runs away from you Cast your stone into the fire Now feet don't walk and I'm so tired It's true So true what have you done to me, baby? Oh, these
0: days just break me. And
1: I'm wasted wake in the morning and get up screaming. I left my light somewhere behind. My screwed up eyes don't seem to shine. Since the day you said goodbye. I just can't seem to try, it's true, so
0: true. That was Richard Hawley with Naked in Pitsmore, uh which reminded you of your time, um, Lambert, of, of being at university in Sheffield, but I just wanted to backpedal from that just slightly. Um, so some of my first memories of you we sort of became friends when we were sort of mid teenagers. And one of the first time, one of the first times I remember Seeing you not in school was uh, at Leeds Festival, and uh, I was came out of some tent watching some indie band. I think it might have been the Libertines, and then Lambert came past doing a like the what do you call it that the, the, I
1: don't know like the horns, the, the, the horns, the the, <laughs> the, the,
0: horns, the, the uh, and uh, had um, was you just went. Rival schools. So I think you just went <laughs> to see them, but then, like, as we became proper friends, and like, you, I think you had like loads of bands written on your bag and stuff like that. And what I liked that was that you were really into punk music, but like, current punk and old punk as well. Did you feel like you were connected to the punk ethos, even though it's like?
1: you know, wasn't the original time of punk. I think that the problem with with punk always for me is I always loved the music and, you know, I would liked quite a lot of the elements of, of punk music and that, that kind of community, but kind of with a, with a lot of, uh, of genres of music that are very specific, it almost felt too inclusive and that you almost if you're into punk music, you had to dress like a punk 24-7 yeah. and you had to only listen to punk records and, oh, you can't like listen to that band because they're not, you know, they're not that cool. Mm. And so I always I always liked punk and I was always really into punk and I, and I guess probably it's one of the, the genres of music that I've listened to for the longest period of my time kind of consistently and I yeah. consistently listen to it now. Uh, and I felt part partly into that community, but I, I never wanted to go full full hog, uh, mm. you know. Um, I never had a Mohican. <laughs> uh, I certainly can't get one now, though I would quite like... I always kind of <laughs> wanted one. I remember being a small child and really wanting a, a Mohican.
0: <laughs> Do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up at that point?
1: Um... I think I think um, probably like most people, I always wanted to be a, a musician, but yeah. uh, never had any musical talent whatsoever. Um, so I probably could have been in a punk band, but... Um, <laughs> but yeah, perfect. So, I mean, we're, we're, you know, talking about this,
0: and, um, you know, one of the bands that um, I'm really happy that you introduced me to is your next pick. Uh, who is it?
1: Yeah, it's um, a, a band called Bikini Kill. Um, it's a very much on the kind of feminist punk um scene and i guess it introduced me to quite quite a lot of bands um through them I, 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 I don't know what it is about bikini kill i think um i always had a, a big thing for kind of female vocals in in punk i still remember when i first bought this album it was in um uh, select a disc in, in Nottingham, uh, R.I.P. Mm. It was a fantastic record shop that's, that's <laughs> no longer with us and, you know, shaped a lot of my uh, musical taste. But mm. um, I remember getting the Bikini Kill. Um, it was the, the singles collection. Um, I still remember it cost me £18, so it was like an import. Mm. And I remember getting it home and being really excited and putting it in my CD player and then seeing that it was only 18 minutes <laughs> long. And thinking, oh God, I've just played, you know, this is back in the day when that was probably like, you know, a week, you know, a week or two's pocket money. Uh, Yeah,
0: absolutely. And
1: I think to think I've just spent that much money Mm. on one CD that lasts 18 minutes. But I tell you what, I've got my 18 pounds worth of money out (laughs) of that. And I wouldn't, uh, you know, obviously there
0: are certain things that you do spend a pound a minute on, but we won't go into that
1: (laughs) as well. I don't think that would uh, go down well with the uh, feminist punk stuff.
0: No, probably not so much. Uh, Great, so uh, this is Bikini Kill with uh, which track? Um, I Hate Danger. Great, let's hear it. there so you know that was you sort of getting into to punk and those bands can you remember those first gigs that you went to and how you felt about it um
1: yeah i i I remember kind of once i went to those first few gigs i got i got hooked really Mm. quickly um into going to to gigs i remember the first gig i went to on my my own um i went to see um, green day Mm. um and uh, kind of i just loved the energy and uh yeah, I, I just wanted to go to more and more and more. Mm. Um, I was quite lucky. Um, so in Nottingham, the big venue is is Rock City, and I remember um, that was always exclusive to. You had to be eighteen to go there. Yeah, and I remember um, being fourteen, and they'd just started doing fourteen and over. So oh, yeah. I went to the very first one. I think <laughs> um, it was a metal band um, called Soil, if I remember rightly. <laughs> it was the first kind of under fourteen, uh, under eighteen's. Mm. a loud gig that uh that rock city put on and uh, you know from then i was going to two or three gigs a week mm. um and i spent all my money you know on, <laughs> on going to gigs um probably before i found uh drinking girls <laughs> <laughs> your <laughs> vices
0: yes yes <laughs> i hear soil are down to earth as well. <laughs> so uh, yeah absolutely and were there any that really sort of stuck out um you know a uh, uh, sort of either very different gigs that you went to or things that sort of shaped sort of changed the direction of the kind of music that you started listening to because you know obviously after the kind of punk side you did get quite heavily into hip-hop as well which was quite sort of quite different yeah, you know, yeah. as well as those
1: bands. Those um, yeah, I, I suppose kind of early on I went to some of those bigger gigs at, at arenas and stuff, mm. but, but actually I found quite, quick, quite quickly that I preferred the kind of much more intimate environments. One mm. of the things I always liked at gigs is the kind of camaraderie and mm. stuff so i was very much into kind of metal and yeah. and punk I suppose, at that that sort of time and i'd be there in the in the mosh pits and I, you know i love the fact that you pushing people around and they're getting, <laughs> they're getting picked up the next minute um you know and and everybody looking out for each other um, and one of the ones i really remember well was um a gig at rescue rooms um and there was three bands on that i really loved um it was um the Murder of Rosa Luxemburg, mm. who I know I've, I've seen with you before, Alex. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know what ever happened to them. Um, great band, great band. And then um, followed by Pretty Girls Make Graves, mm. who, were, again, were a fantastic band. And um, a, a band I was really into was um, Blood Brothers, mm. who were headlining it. And I just remember the energy in that gig was, was incredible. Um, and I was there, I was in the mosh pit, I was... Um, crowd surfing all the time but uh, <laughs> at one point I ended up crowd surfing and landing on the stage and landed on the effects pedal of the guitarist <laughs> who was very unhappy about it and he- Pushed me off the stage, but um, as I landed as well, I managed to land in a pile of glass on the stage as well as the pedal. And still to this day, I've got a scar on my hand. where <laughs> I landed in a pile of glass. That was a pretty good one. Um, yeah,
0: stories of a Misspent youth is uh, that, that's good. And and the um, the next band that you picked, you went to see uh, in those kind of in that kind of time,
1: didn't you? Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them a few times actually, and um. I I guess they're they're not ever seen as one of the coolest bands. Uh, I think they've been unfairly labelled with the whole kind of new metal tag. Mm. Um, But they've kind of come out of the side side of that and um, they're still together today and actually, I think, certainly the last couple of albums have have been right up there with some of the best that they've done. And... um, This is the Deftones. This is the Deftones, Mm. yes. Sorry, Deftones. Um, uh, And... the, one of their gigs that I saw at Rock City was was absolutely incredible, um, and I, I, don't, I love Chino's voice, um, and I just the band was so tight that night in Rock City, mm. and I, I just it just wowed me. It was just an incredible gig, um, and this is one of my favourite tracks in there. But it really kind of has that that build up that, that I really like. It's mm. um, be quiet and drive, brackets far away. Lovely. Well, I'm glad that we've
0: got the grammar right, uh, so let's hear it. That was the, the deft tones there. So, as I mentioned, you, um, you, you left Nottingham and went to Sheffield with me. Uh, it was probably because of me, wasn't it? Really? Oh, yeah, uh, to, um, to university uh, to study English, um, which, you know, was... Why did you why did you go for that? And um, what are your sort of memories of, of going to Sheffield and how different was university to... Because, you, you know, you went on quite a lot before... Going there, whereas a lot of people turn up and that's the first time they've ever, you know, ever drank, ever done anything dubious. You know, you're speaking for yourself here, Alex. Oh, I mean, I turned up with a briefcase, you know, I had my tie on, you know, I was, I was very clean cut yeah. until you got to me, you know. But what what do you remember of that, those times, if anything?
1: Uh, yeah, very <laughs> little to be honest. <laughs> um, I don't know, I, I had a fantastic time um, mm. at university and as I said, I, I loved the city of Sheffield and kind of got great memories of, of that city, but uh, also like the radio show was, was really, really good. Mm. Um, I I remember one of the things that that was brilliant about the university was um the Tuesday club mm. and kind of that that really um kind of opened my eyes to some sort of some some music that I hadn't sort of got really got into mm. previously so uh, sort of drum and bass was a big thing there mm. um, but also like like hip hop um started so to get into the UK hip hop scene i remember seeing um, skinny man play mm. in a small bar um, in Sheffield, and that was that was really good. I think that was a a night for young offenders. Or <laughs> so there was there was me and Alex who probably stuck out like a sore thumb, really. It, there, yeah, but... maybe.
0: <laughs> I think we probably nicked a car stereo on the way. <laughs> to, yeah, to yeah look,
1: got to fit in, we, so. Exactly, always, yeah. always. So I dusted down our, our track suits and uh, <laughs> went down there with a car stereo. Um, into
0: yeah, absolutely. So, what's your next pick? It, it sort of relates to that. Yeah, movie. yeah. So, it,
1: this track really reminds me of that, that time and kind of doing the the radio show. Um, you know, we we played quite a lot of hip hop mm. on there. Um, and this track's um, by Dirty Diggers. It's called One of These, and I, I love the beat on this. I think this this is a proper sort of dancing track. You yeah. can really really get you. Sure. But what I really love about this is it, it's so like. It's, it's done so much in their accents mm. and without being like too cheesy and, and kind of over the top, it's, it, it, they, you can tell that they really believe in what they're saying and that they're, they're mm. sort of rapping about their experiences and kind of their, their, their thoughts and mm. And I love that about them. I think there's far too much music, um, particularly, I suppose, in hip-hop, where they're trying to be something that they're not, and Mm. they're trying to... listen to other bands and listen to other artists and kind of mimic them and I, I don't think you get that with this track you you get very much this is them doing their thing he's
0: limited line like you killers and liars and idiots fucking illiterates he's critics are loving your lyrics cause violence is cool when it's not your experience don't check chatter what's cool this week just rapping the pattern I usually speak Confusing me deep with the grooves that I meet well, I choose to be me but it proves to be beef, beef. trying to be peace on the decentest beats but recent weeks keep beating to grief Man. all I'm hearing is the in a sheet Neat, they grease, they eat in the street, mate. Wouldn't water the authorship down on some bad rap, just thought of it. Wow. I sort of like rap, but I'm bored of it now. I'm in the worst in the song. I'm like Nyeow. To do. It's curtains for crew, I'll be working for you. Yeah. Everyone's got to be running yeah. it. Like right they the government, don't I just don't see the fun yeah. in it? Wannabees wanna be something, they're not, they copy the lot of the sun in hot, and by the time the change the taste has gone from wax to wheat to waste. Wannabees wanna be something, they're not, they copy the lot of the sun in hot, and by the time the change the taste has gone from wax to wheat to waste. That was Wannabees by Dirty Diggers, uh, a piece of your Sheffield life there. Um but obviously, after university, you moved back to Nottingham, uh, where you have grown up and you know where your future lies. Um, what are your sort of feelings about the city? And also, it contains your football team, uh, which is absolutely central part of your life. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I've, apart from that time in Sheffield, I've always lived in Nottingham, and um, I, don't know, I love the city. Um, I've never really felt much drive to move away from it and kind of London's always been a, a tempter but um, now I've never been able to drag myself away from it and um, I think Nottingham offers everything that I'm looking for mm. in a city I think there's plenty of things to do things to see and it's it's sort of central location means you can visit other cities and um, you know i 've actually got a bad reputation and um, I think for kind of violence and, mm. and crime and stuff but i think that's um it 's unfair totally um, i don 't think that 's that's the feeling that you get from most areas of the city. So, uh, hmm. yeah, I think we've been tarnished badly there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, obviously friends and family still still there, so that always helps draw me there, and uh, also my uh, beloved Nottingham Forest, <laughs> yes. So what, I mean, where, do you remember when you first
0: went to your first match and have, have your feelings about the team changed as you got older?
1: Yeah, I guess I was sort of... Um, about seven, probably when i, when I went, and um, yeah, I remember going to the match, and that was it i was I was hooked from the <laughs> from the very first game and um, back in the uh, the old first division, um, mm. so it must have been uh, ninety three ninety four mm. um, yeah and you know i 've got my whole sort of family has always supported Forest um, you know I, I, I went regularly with my dad and my granddad and my brother, and um even Stories about my great-granddad. I never met him, but I, I believe he was kind of involved in the construction in the of the old main stand and stuff. In the so, city ground. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's always been really close to my my heart, um, Forest, and kind of remains so today. Mm. Um, yeah, I uh, still got a season ticket and and go regularly and as we record this i'm actually um, having to miss a game on saturday for yeah. for alex's stag do here yes so there's there's very few things that will turn me away from that but uh, alex's stag has to be one of those and um, luckily for my wedding next year i found out that uh, i won't be missing a forest game because england are playing on the friday so I was very which is tonight.
0: obviously your main priority absolutely <laughs> yeah what's your next choice that you got for us today
1: um my next choice is uh, Jeff Buckley um and it's track uh, Lilac Wine. Um obviously there's not a huge amount of of choice that you can choose from from um uh, Jeff Buckley. Mm. You know, sadly he uh, lost his life far too too early. Mm. Um but but that album Grace is is incredible um and possibly is my favorite album of all time. Mm. Um I love his voice He's, his, his voice just um i don't know it's haunting and beautiful and and so powerful and um, there's so much emotion in, in his voice um, and I, I could listen to it again and again but what I try, tend to do now actually is try and wean myself off for a period <laughs> of time and then play grace you know a mm. month or two later mm. and you get i get that Full hit it 's almost like it 's the first time i 've heard it <laughs> um, I, and I love this track because this track um lilac Wine is very much just about his voice, really mm. um, and uh, yeah, you can kind of feel the torment in it, in his his voice in this song. I, I remember being told that um, Jeff Buckley was somebody that I should listen to. Mm. I clearly remember my neighbor telling me about Jeff Buckley, mm. and um, I heard the story of of him dying before I'd even heard his music mm-hmm. so I guess that's always been closely associated with, with the music for me
0: mm, it bound up in it, mm. yeah, absolutely fantastic, well let's hear Lilac Wine by Jeff Buckley Lilac
1: Wine She coming to me you
0: I was lilac wine by Jeff Buckley, um as haunting as ever, clearly, Nottingham's a big thing to you, and you work for one of the biggest employers in Nottingham, you know one of its proudest achievements is uh is boots isn't it we're
1: yeah there... yeah so work at boots mm. yeah it's um it's very much uh <laughs> i think it's the biggest employer in mm. in nottingham certainly one of one of them um and kind of boots and jesse boot kind of um the history of them kind of go one in hand in hand with with nottingham so mm. um yeah major major player um yeah and a, a nice company to to work for
0: yeah and you've been there for quite a while
1: haven't you yeah it's six years i've been there now veteran
0: (laughs) and what do you think do you have any like long-term ambitions of either doing something with that or uh you know what you want to do have you ever had any career like oh i must do this because you know you've always had this thing of oh i'm not quite sure i'm not quite sure you know when we were when we were younger Mm.
1: yeah i don't know i kind of I, I guess throughout my life I've kind of changed my mind on kind of what I want to do um, mm. career wise and I guess I've probably got some regrets of different avenues that I never went down um, i talk, thought about teaching quite mm. a bit um, and also thought about joining the police and stuff quite yeah. a bit when I was younger but
0: and yeah. you did, do, you did uh, do a bit of teaching practice, didn't you? And uh, you, do you remember when they, they were saying, Mr. Lambert, Mr. Lambert, and you were like, who are they talking to? Or sir, no, they were saying sir. Yeah, they? yeah.
1: <laughs> I remember um, one quite quite funny incident. There was a, a, a little girl there with um, uh, like sort of learning difficulties and she'd obviously just been used to having um, female teachers. Mm. So she couldn't quite get, on 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 what she should address me as mm. so she always referred to me as miss <laughs> which uh kind of her, her classmates all found rather amusing and i uh, found rather embarrassing
0: <laughs> and i think you still might have had some of your long hair then so you know maybe there
1: was a bit of confusion possibly possibly so yes <laughs> um so what's the next pick that you've got for us um, the next one I've gone for is um, a band called Refused, um, with a track called New Noise. The song's just got so many different parts to it, and again, it just builds up, um, and, and I love Refused, because they've taken that kind of real punk ethic, and they really kind of modernised it, and put their own twist on it, mm. and um, they've, got, they've got many things from the origins of punk, but very much um, made that much more complex so it's far more complex from the whole kind of three power chords yeah. and shouty vocals it's kind of it, their music's always been um, much more complex than that and you know the, the, the politics of them's always gone absolutely hand in in hand um and you know certainly can't say i'm fully <laughs> as extreme as that you know having worked for for a company like like boots and stuff where they're very very much Proud anti-capitalists. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I, I guess I kind of struggle with with Refused, and a lot, I still can't get it quite in my head, was originally I loved them because... I loved the way that they ended as a band. They mm. um, they played their last gig. It kind of got closed down by the police, and they, they came on stage wearing uh, T-shirts that said, Refused are fucking dead. <laughs> and I kind of loved that. I, I kind of loved that they did that. Mm. Um, and then couple of years ago they came back and they, they did a few a few gigs and, and I was lucky enough to, to go and it was absolutely brilliant um, I guess at, at the same, same time it kind of um, taints that, that original ending but I think they came back for the right reason Get us!
0: Hope you enjoyed that. Um, so Lambert, you you alluded to it earlier, but you're you're getting married next year. How did you meet Laura? And uh, you know, it's so exciting that you're you know you're getting married.
1: Yeah, um, we we met in a club actually in um, in Nottingham. Smooth. Uh, the Cookie Club. Yes. Very um, so I guess kind of music was involved mm. quite quite early on there with with Laura. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. You never. You, if you meet somebody in a club i guess you don't really expect it to, to to be a long-lasting kind of and it wasn't no it wasn't it wasn't like that mm. um but but i guess you know um you, you only ever hope that you meet, meet somebody that and have that connection instantly mm. with them you know it's uh it's not the kind of most conventional way, I suppose, of of meeting somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with. But
0: um, well, in fact, it's, it's almost seen as the old school way now. You I know, suppose so, yeah. Meet online, yeah. <laughs> how quickly did you know that that was going to be it, and how do you make the decision that this is, you know, the person for the rest of my life? Because you know, it's very quite a, quite a serious one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. I mean. She's uh she's an incredible woman. Um and she's just got a heart of gold and just just makes me laugh and she kind of keeps me silly really. <laughs> um you know, I've I've always loved music but um kind of the one thing I probably love more and the the sound I love more than the world than the music is probably her laugh. <laughs> um, as cheesy as that sounds. But um no, she's we have a great time and we're just we're just silly together. Mm. Um uh, you know, part part of the journey together is um, is trying to get her to stop listening to uh, Radio One, <laughs> and uh, you know, I I've, I think I've shared quite quite a bit of my musical influences, and and a lot of that she's she's taken on board.
0: And what's your final choice today?
1: Yeah, so uh, the final track I've chosen today is uh, is Nick Drake with um, "Times Told Me." Time told me You're a fine Trouble cure For a trouble
0: nick drake with time has told me what made you pick that tune. i don't know to be honest
1: I, i've arrived at nick drake rather late really um, i remember lots of people telling me that i should listen to him and i never quite quite got it and then mm. um i don't know it's just suddenly clicked and i could have chosen a whole number of tracks again i i love that album in particular um uh, I, I guess really i like the whole um one of my favourite films is High Fidelity hmm. and that whole argument about what's the best um, side A track one. <laughs> I think that's got to be right up there. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why I picked that one. You're stranded in the desert.
0: First of all, how would you cope? And second of all, you can only take one. Of the, if you could only pick one,
1: what would it be? I always kind of thought I had quite decent survival skills. I was in the scouts and stuff. <laughs> I was always a bit rubbish at tying knots, so hopefully I wouldn't have to do any of that. But, you know, I could make fire and that sort of stuff. I'll be okay. Hmm. But I guess the problem is I'm a bit pasty and I've got a balding head, so I think I'd <laughs> suffer quite badly from heat stroke. I, I guess maybe... Jeff Buckley, maybe... Said through yes. gritted teeth.
0: Yes. Okay, I'll take you for that. And of course, very importantly, um, you're, you, we give you uh, the complete box set of Red Dwarf yes. and the tiger who came to tea, naturally. Uh, what's your luxury item that you're going to take with you?
1: The Bible. No, not really. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. That's a different show. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I, I guess I'm going to have to say beer. You know, you've got to have something to to take your mind off the, the desert heat. I'll take a tanker of beer, of, of if that's, that's allowed. Perfect.
0: A limitless tanker is yours. Mr. James Lambert. thank you very much for being my guest on Desert Isolation Discs. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, any resemblance to any other radio show, podcast, alive or dead is purely coincidental. And we'll catch you next time on Desert Isolation Discs.